Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you'll enjoy. Hallelujah. Father, on this Palm Sunday, we offer up our lives as praise to you. Hallelujah. I tell you what, let's just lift up our hands. Mm. He is worthy of it all. I said he is worthy of it all. Not just mediocre praise, not just a little bit, but the highest praise. And so on this Palm Sunday, just like they took those palm branches and waved them, can we just take our hands up in the air for just a moment and say, Lord, we offer you our highest praise. We offer you our lives. We offer you our worship. We offer you our surrender. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We give you thanks, we give you praise, oh God. And I thank you for the working of your spirit in our hearts and in our lives right now. There are some right now that I am so aware they're being drawn in the spirit. There's a drawing and a wooing in the spirit right now. And it's like, come, come back to that place to where I set you free. That place before you went back into bondage again. I am drawing you out and I am renewing my life and my passion on the inside of you this day as you say yes to me. So church, let's just do this. Just let's look toward heaven and say yes. Yes, yes Lord. Yes, yes Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. Now give him a shout of praise and a praise offering. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. Are you glad to be here this morning? The presence of the Lord is moving. We've got some things we want to do, but I tell you what, just turn to your neighbor real quick and say, it's so good to be here with you today. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Awesome as always as you take us into the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You can be seated for just a moment. And uh, as you know, this is a really big week. This is the week that we begin. Of course, we celebrate out here all the time. We don't just wait for Palm Sunday or Easter week or anything else, Passover or anything else. We celebrate all the time. We celebrate the goodness of our God. And I love that shirt that uh, Donna had on this morning. I don't know if you could read it or not. Silly rabbit. Easter is about Jesus. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not against all those other things, but I'm just saying we're going to keep the main thing the main thing. And so in light of that, I'm going to ask uh, Suzanne to come up here and tell you what's going to be going on this Friday night. It's going to be a really big night as we come together for a uh, celebration of, uh, well, just the whole week and all that's going on with it. So, uh, Suzanne, if you will, come tell us what we... Susan and I are already registered. We got registered last week. We took care of it. We need you guys to do the same. All right. Hosanna! So good to be with y'all. We're marking Holy Week starting today. And these days that are coming up are just so special to us. They're all special in Jesus. But these days, Scripture, most of the gospel is written from today through next Sunday. And I encourage you, if you don't have a Bible reading plan, to read through the days of this week, do it. You can easily Google it. You should read what Jesus does every day this week. It will make your spirit come alive. Amen? So simple Google search. Let's all just be reading what Jesus did this week. It's incredible. So this Friday night we have is Good Friday, and we are honoring it. You know, Good Friday, we typically honor it, the cross. 
and the suffering of Jesus. And what Jesus says in scripture is before I suffer, I eagerly desire to eat this meal with you. And he gave us the Lord's Supper in the context of a Seder. So this Friday night, we're hosting a Seder service in celebration of the anniversary of the, of the new covenant of his blood. We're gonna take communion together. We're gonna eat together. It's gonna be a beautiful night. We're gonna, um, it's such a big deal to us. We're gonna move the chairs out of the auditorium. We're gonna eat in here. Jerusalem Cafe is catering. And you can register, today is the last day to register. You can do it online or at the guest desk in the foyer. $10 for adults, kids eat free. Uh, we will have childcare for small children, children um, that you feel like could sit through the service that typically can sit through a restaurant yeah, dining experience easily. You know, for everybody that's different. My six-year-old, I'm hoping, I'm thinking he can do it. <laughs> but every family is different. So um, childcare will be available. Obviously, we want the kids to be with us. Passover, the, the Bible actually says, ask the kids to ask you, why is this night different than every night? It's about passing down the new covenant too. So it's a family night. It's going to be beautiful. We want you all to come. So sign up online or in the foyer by today. Amen? Did I miss anything? Amen. And join us for our picnic this afternoon as well. Amen. And if you didn't bring a chair with you, we got folks out there already getting everything ready, and uh, it should be good to go. So join us this afternoon, but we'll be here also as well uh, on Friday evening. Praise the Lord. Well, amen. Are y'all ready to get some word before we go out there this morning? Amen. Oh, well, I tell you what, we're going to have to do better than that. Y'all know me better than that. Let me ask you one more time. Are you ready to get some word? I'm going to tell you this. We are not going to give in ever to the enemy's agenda in our lives. Amen. In our lives individually and in our corporate place. Amen. Come on, y'all help me. The enemy doesn't set the agenda in this house. Amen. God does. So that means that even as we go into this Palm Sunday, and especially on this Palm Sunday, bless the Lord, I'm telling you, uh, everything that's going on, all that's happening in the world, if you aren't careful, the next thing you know, you can get uh, caught up in all the darkness. You can get caught up in, in everything that's going on around you. You can get caught up by uh, things that the news media is saying. You can get caught up in the latest social agenda. But I got news for you. Before it's all said and done, God will have the final say. I said, God is going to have the final say. And so uh, in this season, listen, in this season, the enemy, here's what you'll find out. The enemy's constantly waving his arms. Look over here. Pay attention to this. Listen to this. That's his agenda. But let me tell you, the agenda of Life Church, the agenda of the body of Christ, the agenda for all of us is, thus saith the Lord. Amen. Amen. Everybody say, thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. And so, even though while, while the enemy is waving his arms and say, look, 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 look what I'm doing here, I want you to know it's a ploy to steal your attention, to instill fear and to overwhelm. And the Lord gave me a word this week. He gave me a word this past week. And at first, I didn't understand it. We, I'm just dealing with stuff, and then things begin to happen. But uh, 
Here, here's the word, and I don't have time to go through all those notes today. You're looking at them. We've got to get out there, but I'll tell you this. I'm going to bring it strong, and you can respond any way you want to. You can sit there and look at me, or you can get with me. But here's the word God gave me. He said, faith, not fear. Amen. Come on, somebody. I said, faith, not fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of the sound mind. And he said, the enemy is trying to steal your attention to instill fear and to overwhelm. He said, tell my church, keep their eyes on the prize. Look away to Jesus. So I am declaring prophetically this is a time of massive victory, turnaround, overcoming, acceleration, and harvest for us. I said turnaround. Anybody ever heard the story of Haman? God, re, God revisited that with me this week. It can look like one thing's going to happen, but you give God the reign. You give God the authority. You let him loose and watch what he can do. Haman will be hung on his own gallows. I release that in Jesus' name. So here's what I'm saying. Acceleration, harvest for us. Just like God turned it around for Mordecai and Esther, God's going to turn it around for his people in this day. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to get to, in just, a moment, in just a moment, we're going to get to Palm Sunday, and I know you're thinking, what does what you're saying now have to do with Palm Sunday? It's got everything to do with it. Everything. Uh, in the days of the prophet Elisha, you know this story, the king of Syria seized an opportunity to capture Elisha and his servant while he was in the city of Dothan. Not that Dothan, the Bible Dothan. He mobilized, in fact, the king, he mobilized a great army. And he got mad at Elisha. Watch this, because he was revealing his plans. He was prophesying and he was walking in the spirit. He was hearing the voice of God and he was, he was telling the, the uh, uh, those in authority, what, what the enemy was going to do before he ever did it. And boy, the king got mad. And he, he was not going to let Elisha get away. So early in the morning, the Bible says that Elisha's servant went outside. You know the story. And he looked around. And he saw, the Bible says, he saw troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. He and Elisha were surrounded by enemy forces intent on taking them out. Intent on taking them out. And the servant panicked and said, what are we going to do? Now, before you get too hard on the servant, put yourself there. He panicked. All he had to go by was what he saw. Do not, oh, i got to stop right here. Do not limit yourself by what everybody says, by what the news media says, by what they're saying. I tell you what, when you do that, you'll go into a panic every time. How many of you know it matters where our focus is? Boy, it matters where our focus is. And so he looked around and he went into a panic. And he cried out and he said to Elijah, uh, uh, Elisha, Alas, my master, what shall 
we do? Well, I'm going to answer that question. I'm going to tell you exactly what we're going to do. You put yourself in that servant's place. You and I would have probably uh, been tempted to be afraid too. But here's what I want you to pay close attention to. Because there's a powerful truth here I want you to catch. Without faltering, Elisha calmly looks at his servant. And here's what he said. Now remember what the, Lord, the, the word the Lord gave me. He said, faith, not fear. Elisha looks at him and says, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with us. You missed a great chance to shout. I'll tell you how I'll say it. God not only said, Tell my people, faith, not fear. And then he said, Tell them this, there are more with them than there are with the camp of the enemy. It, it's, it looks like there's more against, but I'm going to tell you, there's more that are for than there are against. Don't lose sight of that. Every now and then, we need to shake ourselves, stir ourselves, and remember a third of, but Brother Scotty, a third of the angels fell. Two-thirds didn't. And I tell you, when I go into spiritual battle, I'll take those odds. You give me the two-thirds that didn't against the one-third that did, and I'm going to win every time. And so before this battle is over, you're going to see victory in the camp of the righteous. You will see Haman hung on his own gallows. So, faith and not fear. We cannot be moved by fear. And listen, there is a difference. Everybody, you know, listen, there's a difference between fear and being concerned. Having concern, of course you do. You don't want your child running out in the traffic. That's common sense. But there is a difference between concern and fear. Here's what I'm saying. Don't let the enemy run away with your mind. Let me tell you who I let run away with my mind. God. I just, let him, I just let him take my mind and go wherever he wants to take me. And if I, if I told you some things that I felt like God has shown me, some of you think I've lost it. Amen. Let God run away with your mind and step into the opportunities that God brings us in faith. So we all know how that servant must have felt. And in the natural, there was no logic in what Elijah had just said. There they were, the two of them against the whole army. Was he, had, had Elisha lost it? What's going on? But before the servant could work himself into even a greater, you know, you get worked up. And listen, I have to watch this just like you do. You read the wrong stuff all the time, and you'll get worked up into a frenzy that's not God. You get worked up into a worldly frenzy. Listening to the lies of the enemy. But he... he didn't do that. Elijah prayed, Elijah prayed a very simple prayer. Here's what he said. Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he might see. Open his eyes that he might see. I want to stop right here. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that the eyes of the church, the called out ones, will be opened in this day, in this time, and in this hour. Open our eyes that we might see. He said, Lord, open his eyes that, that he might see. 
Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. The hillside was full of them, magnificent horses, chariots of fire. They were blazing with glory, with beauty, with majesty. And I want you to know, God's army of angels was surrounding them on every side. And even though it didn't look like it in the natural, the Syrian army was outnumbered. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you. So, why had that servant been fearful for a while Elisha? He wasn't. And I'll tell you why. Two people can see the same things and see something completely different. It, depend, it depends on the perspective of what you're looking with. What eyes are you looking through? You can hear, two people can hear the same report and process it completely different. They can hear this evil report come. They can hear all these bad things happen. You can hear and see the same things and, and see it completely different. The servant saw the great Syrian army, but Elisha saw an even greater angelic army and chariots of fire. Why? Because Elisha had spiritual insight. Lord, give us all spiritual insight in these days, in these times, and in these hours. I'm going to tell you what. We have people who are trying to mold and shape, and we have, we have all kind of organizations that are trying to mold and shape and try to make us think this and do this. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to be molded. I'm going to be shaped. I'm going to be led by the Spirit of the living God, by the Word of God, and nothing less will influence my life and will influence my future. Can I get an amen in this house? And so I am reminded again today, as the Lord reminded me this week, even before I started putting this message together, on Monday, the Lord said, tell my people, and this was before anything happened, anything going on, nothing else, all the stuff that's going on, the Lord said, tell my people, faith, not fear. Tell them, number two, there's more with us than there are with them. Amen. And you can say, what in the world does that have to do with Palm Sunday? Matthew 21, you know the story. They drew near. And if I don't do anything else this morning, let me tell you something God told me to come in here and do. He said, I want you to stir my people up. Stir my people up. Don't let them sit there in their stupor. And I'm not saying you're in a stupor. But what I'm saying is the enemy will lull us into a stupor. Me too. If I let it. Everybody say, but God. <laughs> they drew near to Jerusalem, Matthew 21. Came to Bethpage, to the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. I want some people in this house today to say, I am loosed for the glory of God. Nah, come on, say it. I am loosed for the glory of God. God is loosing us in this season <clears throat> to bring honor to his name. Go into that village, loose them, bring them to them. And if anyone says anything to you, you'll say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately they'll send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude, Oh, my Lord, i got to stop just a minute. 
I'll get here in a second, but I, I just can't help myself. They set him on the coal. Can we set him on high this morning with our... We may not take our coats off. We may not take our blankets. We may not take the things that we have, but I'm going to tell you this. Through our worship, and I'm going to just jump into this, through our praise, through the fruit of our lips, we can set him on that coat. We can set him on high. We can cause him to be lifted up. He inhabits the praises of his people. I said he inhabits the praises of his people. We're going to stop again in a minute. You're going to have to do better than that. If you want to go to the picnic. They set him on the coat. Laid their clothes on him. Set him on them. And a very great multitude spread the clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from trees. Spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, oh my God, this, all the city was moved. All the city was moved. Church, if we want a city to be moved, how about we get moved in here? Let's crown him with our praise. Let's worship him and adore him. All the city was moved. Oh, he was saying, Hosanna in the highest. Saying, who is this? <clears throat> what a powerful question. So the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. They didn't have the full revelation yet. Even as, they, even as they took those palm branches, even as they used those clothes, they did not have yet the full revelation of who he was. How many of you know he was a prophet, but he was more than a prophet? Let me tell you something. All this new age, I'll use the Greek word, crap. Well, I, you know, I believe in Jesus, and he was a good man. He was a moral teacher. And, and, he, and he was a prophet. No, no, no. He was not just a good moral man. He was not just a prophet. He was the only begotten son of the living God. The only one, the only one by which we can be saved. There is salvation by no other than the name of Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, our God, our King, the Eternal One. And no, 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 no. We don't all worship the same God. We don't all serve the same God. I'm about to preach. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, and He's everything in between. My God, my God, my God. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, this is the only time that I can find in Scripture that Jesus rode anywhere he went. He walked everywhere he went. But the Lord showed me something about that this week. He, he rode in such a... 
a humble way even as he went into the city. He didn't just ride a donkey. <laughs> he rode the colt of a donkey, which is even smaller. And guys, any of us that, that have any height on us at all, you imagine? That's got to look awkward. <laughs> you know? It's the only time he ever rode. He humbled himself, took upon himself the form of a servant, was shaped and fashioned in the image and the likeness of you and I. He humbled himself and went to the cross. Went to the cross and paid the price. But watch this. He only rode on this earth once. And when he did, he rode a donkey. But I got news for you. He's going to ride again. I said he's going to ride again. But this time it's not going to be. It's not going to be on the colt of a donkey. He's coming back on a white horse. He's got fire in his eyes and a sword in his hand. And he's riding all across this land. Yes, Lord, we'll ride with you. We will stand up and fight. We will rise with the armies of heaven. We'll be dressed in white. He's coming back. But he's coming back on a white horse. And he's going to rule and he's going to reign. Glory to God. He will be celebrated even as he returns. So the next time we see him riding, it's going to be different. And you know, the Jews were, were looking as they, as they ushered him in. They were looking to him and looking back on this week because this was Passover week. This was, this was the week when all of those things happened. So they were, they were looking back at Passover, but they were also looking, looking forward, believing for a Redeemer. So they took him in, gave him palm branches. But you know, one thing I've discovered in ministry and anybody who's in leadership will be able to affirm this. The crowd can cheer you one day. There's a line from a movie, uh, Gladiator, and the king is, the son has usurped the throne and he's talking about how some people don't like him and they're against him and this and that and his sister looks at him and says, and this is a powerful line, even though it's not word for word in scripture, it is proven out in Scripture. And she says, the crowd is fickle, brother. They'll cheer you one day and jeer you the next. Because even though they crowned him on this day with palms and with their, their cloaks, very soon, when, he was, when they thought he was going to be, that's who they thought he was going to be then. They thought he was going to do something right then. But then when it didn't happen on their timetable, and I've been preaching on that, on. it didn't happen on their timetable, within just a few days, they no longer crowned him with their robes and with their garments. The next crown he would wear would be a crown of thorns. When they thought he was going to be what they wanted him to be, they crowned him with palms and robes. And here's the irony. When he became what they needed him to be, 
they crowned him with thorns. I just want to stop for just a minute and say thank you, Jesus, that you did not give in to the whims of the crowd. But you stuck with it, Lord. You paid the price. You took it all the way. You didn't stop halfway and say, oh, this is what they want me to do. You took it to the mat. You took it all the way. And you didn't just leave us hanging there. You paid it all. Jesus, you paid it all. And all to you we owe. He went all the way. He took those nails. He took the sacrifice. He took your sins your sicknesses, your weakness. Jesus didn't go halfway. He went all the way. And we ought to stop right now and say, thank you, Jesus, for going all the way. And you know, Hosanna really means save now. It's a cry of praise. Now, it can be a cry of praise as well, but it also means save now. And so here's what I want to say to us. Right now, we may be walking through some dark times as far as the world is. You know, I, every now and then I'll, I'll, I'll see some things that pop up on my news feed, and I try to make sure where I get my news feed from. I don't get it from a bunch of goofy... Anyway. Uh, but here's the thing. They're talking about, you know, the economies of the world and famines and, and uh, inflation and, and just all kind of stuff, and it looks like the wicked are in power in, in places that, that we're not very grateful for. But here, here's the thing. God doesn't want us to lose our Hosanna during this time. Even when it looks like we're surrounded. Even when it looks like there are things going on. And so I'm going to stop right here. And i got seven minutes. But I am fixing to unleash seven minutes in this house. Psalm 100 says, on your feet now. Applaud God. Bring a gift of laughter. Sing yourselves into his presence. Know this. God is God and God God. He made us. We didn't make him. We are his people, his well-tended sheep. Enter with the password. Thank you. Make yourselves at home. Talking praise. Thank him. Worship him. For God is sheer beauty, all generous in love, loyal always and forever. Can I get an amen? Amen. Here's what I'm saying. God has given his church the authority to change the atmosphere. I said, let me try this side. God has given his church the authority to change the atmosphere. To change the the atmosphere in your home. Man, let me tell you, you want to change the atmosphere in your car? Crank it up, baby. Put you some praise on. Get you some praise on. Get you some worship on. And you watch how everything shifts and things begin to lift. We are atmosphere changers. Let me, this is not in your notes, but you just got to go with me. I got to keep moving. God has given us the authority to change the atmosphere we live in. Paul and Silas were preaching the gospel. They were challenging the status quo. And because of that, the authorities got mad. Don't you mess up our little system. We've been doing this. We've been doing this, and we're going to keep on doing this. But Paul and Silas begin to challenge the status quo. And when they did, 
They got called before the authorities, and here's what happens. What happened? They seized Paul and Silas. This is in Acts, I believe, 16. Paul and Silas dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities, and they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city. They teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison. Everybody say inner prison. He put them into the inner prison, fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, everybody say midnight, midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. I said, suddenly, there was a great earthquake. Oh, my God. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. First of all, everybody say midnight. Midnight. Midnight, that season, you've heard me say it before. Midnight is that time between the ending of one and the beginning of another. Midnight can be the time when you have laid awake and you have all these thoughts. And the fear tries to come in. And the enemy tries to get you in bondage and bind you up at midnight. Sometimes our midnights can feel so dark and so overwhelming. But then at midnight which is not the best of times, watch this, not after the trial, not after everything has already been done, not after it has manifest, but midnight, in the middle of something that's troubling and going on. They were in that inner prison. Things are bad. Inner prison. Things are bad at, on, on a level of hurt, of pain. Things in your past that begin to rise up and haunt you. Haunting can happen, happen in the middle of the night. Oh, if only I'd done this different. Oh, I wish I could go back. Oh, I wish I could go back and relive that. The haunting that comes at midnight. But I'm here to tell you, there is a victory cry that can rise from the righteous even at our midnight the Bible says that Paul and Silas were in the inner prison at midnight and they were, they were whining and complaining and griping and moaning and groaning and belly aching. I got news for you. If they had done that, nobody would have heard a word they said and nothing would have changed because every prisoner in there was already doing that. But the Bible says they were doing something different which caused the prisoners to take notice. The Bible says at midnight, everybody say midnight. midnight. At midnight, they begin to sing and they begin to pray and they begin to lift up worship to God in that inner prison. They could have stayed in that place, in that season, well past God's uh, timing by dwelling and meditating on all the things that were wrong in their world. All the, uh, you know, just, do you ever just feel like all the injustice in the world just ticks you off? Boy, it does me. 
They could have stayed in that prison by dwelling on and meditating on the wrong thing. Anger, hurt, resentment will keep you in that inner prison. But instead, they decided they were going to release a praise to God and what happened. They begin to praise God at the midnight hour. I want you right now to lift up a midnight praise to God in this house. I want you to stand up and offer up. Come on. I want you to give God a midnight praise. Is there anybody in this house that will give God a midnight praise? Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Father. Okay, just, just stay standing. I tell you what, some of you songwriters, there, there's, a, there's a song there. Midnight praise. Come on, somebody get it. Somebody, somebody out there will get it. Midnight praise. When you experience things you don't understand or have the answers for, you worship and you praise. Many times the thing that closes one door and opens another is your worship, your praise, even in the midnight time, even in the midnight hour. I got news for you. Anybody can praise in the palace. But I tell you what, you hook me up with a bunch of people who know how to praise in the prison and we'll conquer the gates of hell. I said we'll conquer the gates of hell. In that midnight hour, when that bad report comes, in that midnight hour, when it seems like nothing is working out for your good and you've done everything right and you're the one they go after. But God... Oh, we're going to offer up some midnight praise. We're going to offer up some midnight worship. Isaiah 54, and I'm going to close. There's so much more I want to say. Isaiah 54, sing, O barren. I preached it before, but I'm preaching it again. Barren people, what good would it do barren people to sing unless you believe that there was something that God was telling you to sing for that was going to cause you Some of you visitors today, I act like this all the time. It ain't no big deal. Sing, O Baron. What in the world would cause us to sing in the midnight hour? What would cause us to sing in our barrenness? Because we have a God who can take our barrenness and bring us to bountifulness. I want you to shout and declare and decree with me this morning. My God. Will take me from barren, from barren to bountiful. Sing, O barren! You who have not born, break forth into singing and cry aloud. You who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. I said enlarge your vision. Enlarge your expectation. God is nowhere near finished working in your life. He is the God who will pursue us, who will run after us, 
who will reach for us in the midnight, in the hurt, in the pain. I don't know why I'm leaning. I'm just leaning over here for some reason. I'm just picking on y'all right now. But in Jesus' name, I'm telling you, he's the God of the midnight hour. He's the one who will say, you have been hurt. You have felt uh, not only hurt by others, but by yourself. And at times you feel like, oh God, what am I going to do? He is the God who will say, sing, O barren, and in the midst of this, I will enlarge you. I will increase you. I will bring more out of you than you've ever known that you've had in you. midst of that pain, He's enlarging you. He has not forgotten you. He has not left you. He has not forsaken you. And He is drawing and He is wooing. <clears throat> Enlarge. You shall expand. Do not... Oh, we got we to keep going. Hallelujah. I forgot to make my phone go to silent. I'm getting news flashes and stuff. Hallelujah. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and, and your descendants will inherit the nations. I got, a, I got a word for you. The descendants of the evil, wicked manipulators will not inherit the nations. The descendants of the righteous are going to be the ones that are going to inherit the nations. Come on, somebody. I said, the descendants of the righteous are going to be the ones to inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Cities that have been crime-ridden. Cities that have been overwhelmed by all of this madness that is going on, all of this craziness that is going on, and excuse me, all of this dumb wokeness that everybody wants to... Listen, just tell me, let me tell you, let me tell you, we need to awake to righteousness. We need to awake to righteousness. We need to awake to righteousness. And the cities, the desolate cities shall be inhabited as the righteous rule and reign. And I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the legalistic. I'm not talking about those that are filled with nothing but the law. I'm talking about people who have a relationship with Jesus that know how to rule and reign, that know how to stand strong, that know how to believe God and trust God. Revival shall come to the desolate cities. Come on, somebody agree with me. I said revival shall come to the desolate city. It shall come to the desolate places. It shall come to the places that in the past have felt like they have been abandoned. They have been cast aside. But now it's a new day. It's a new place. Everything you walked through, everything you encountered, any rejection, any hurt, any pain, God is saying, I will make the desolate cities abound. I will make the desolate cities inhabited. I will rise. And let me tell you something. Whoa! You think you've seen something? When God makes desolate cities inhabited, they are not just restored to original. They are better than they ever were before. The desolate places in your life. The gifts that God gave you are going to flourish. Brother Scott has lost his mind, y'all. 
Oh my, make the desolate cities inhabited. Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed. You will not be disgraced, neither be disgraced. You will not be put to shame, for you will forget the shame of your youth and will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name, and your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. I got to stop and we've got to go. If I had got to finish this message, I'll tell you what, I told them, I said, and, and, and they laughed. I said, they said, what time are you going to get us? We got all these people out here getting a picnic ready. What time are you going to be out there? I said, 1130. <laughs> of course, they looked at me and went, okay, sure, right, okay, got it. But that's close. And I just don't even care. Food can wait a minute. The word of the Lord is more important. And I like food, but the word of the Lord is more important. If I had gotten been able to get to it, I'll tell you what I would have told you. <laughs> Somebody say, just help yourself. Okay, thank you. Main question that they ask, that we all have to ask ourselves today, they said, the crowd, Jerusalem, they were stirred. They ask this question, who is this? Who is this? Every one of us has to answer that. Who is Jesus? Who is he? Who is he? Who is he to you? Jesus got so excited. This is one of the reasons Jesus got so excited when Peter had that revelation. Jesus said, well, who's everybody saying that I am? Interesting that he wanted to know. I don't ask that. Y'all get that later. I don't go around asking, what's everybody saying about me? Who's everybody saying? <laughs> Crowd's fickle, brother. <laughs> Jesus got so excited when Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And you know why Jesus got excited? He said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. There is a revelation of Jesus that can only come via the Word of God and via the Spirit of God. That's the thing we've got to ask, all of us. Who, who is Jesus? And I do want to release this one prophetic word, and it's in rhyme form, so you just have to, have to, have to forgive me for, for that as well. If I can find it here, I, I want to release this before we go. And I need you to stay for just a moment. I want Steve Braswell to come up here. Steve, if you will, come and, and, and tell us in just a moment what we've got to do to, to facilitate what's going to happen in here this week as we discover more and more aspects this week of who Jesus is. Let me tell you who he is. First of all, his name is above every name. Secondly, he is the one who seeks us out personally. He lets us hear his voice and he lets us see the love in his eyes. You know, how, how awesome is it that when Jesus, after his resurrection, came back. And now, if, it, if I'd been Jesus, let me tell you what I'd have done. I'd have visited old Pilate. Walked into his room, because he could go through walls at that time. 
gotten a hold of his feet and his toes and said, hey, wake up there, bro. Remember me? Interesting, Jesus didn't do that. He walked with two men on the Emmaus Road that were troubled by what they didn't understand. And he walked with them to give them revelation. And he showed himself. Casey, he showed himself to them in the Word. In the old. He personally took the time to walk with them. To show himself. And then they said, and here it is, get it. Oh, get it, church. As he revealed himself to them. Oh, Jesus. They said, did not our hearts burn within us? As he walked with us on the way. There's a revelation of him that we have to experience. Comes by the Spirit through the Word. As he walks. I'm going to tell you who he is. He's a good, good father. He's almighty God. He's a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. He is our source. He is our healer. He is the one who opens and no one can close. And he is the one who can close and no one can open. But this is what I leave you with. He is the lifter of our head. The giver of our bread. The resurrection, the resurrector of things that were dead. And the one who propels us ahead. Would you give God praise in this house for who Jesus is? I hope you'll come back next week. If you're visiting with us today, come back next week. I'm going to tell you, there, the Spirit of God is working in this house in some hearts and lives, and I have, to, I have to honor that for just a moment. Don't leave here with a bunch of bondage in your heart. Pain. Jesus, according to Isaiah 53... Bore our sicknesses, our pains. He took them upon himself so that we wouldn't have to carry them. He took everything that you and I wrestle with in the midnight hour. The hours that keep you awake at night. The struggles that bounce around on the inside of you on an emotional level. There's no reason for you to carry them any longer. Surely he has borne our griefs. And he has carried our sorrows. He's already done it. The decision today is left with you. What will you do with this Jesus? Who will he be to you? Father, I ask you to touch hearts and lives right now. Lord, let them seek us out after this service is over. If they need prayer, whatever you need, in Jesus' name, we'll hear for you whether it's at the picnic this afternoon or whether it's as we go out the door or, or as you come up here, I want to be here for you. We want to be here for you. Please seek us out. You don't have to carry that any longer. He took all the weight, all the sin, all the condemnation, all the guilt, and he's the healer of broken relationships and broken hearts. That's who he is. We love you. We look to you and ask you to touch hearts and lives. And may this week be a week of reflection for all of us, for everything that Jesus has done and everything that he has provided. 
And I just tell you, in Jesus' name right now, I shout victory reports over these coming week. Oh, I'm just telling you, I'm shouting victory. I know, and listen, I don't care whether it looks like people are surrounded. They're surrounded by the army of God. So in Jesus' name, we receive that now, Father, and we thank you for this wonderful, glorious Hosanna, Hosanna Palm Sunday. Thank you for giving us good weather. <laughs> we are so blessed. In Jesus' name, and everybody that receives the word said, Come on, Stephen, tell us what we're going to do next as we get ready for this Thanks again for listening to our audio podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at life-church.org.